Hello and welcome to Vegas Odds Football. I am your host, Daniel Ocho. In this episode, we are going to be breaking down briefly our week eight NFL betting picks, then doing a full week nine NFL preview. We're going to be talking player props, totals, parlays, teasers, everything. So let's jump in. We begin, as always, with a brief recap of last week. And listen, guys, it took a long time. It took almost half the entire NFL season, but we did it. We finally did it. We finally hit one of our teasers on this show, one of our big plays. And listen, I could not be more happy to be celebrating the Patriots, to be celebrating the Saints. It was a big win for us. Love it, love it, love it. Now, our parlay, our big parlay that I gave you last week, I gave you the Jaguars, I gave you the Seahawks, it was a four-leg deal, plus 800, and the Jaguars screw the pooch Sunday morning in London, the other three legs of our parlay end up hitting, heartbreaking, loss to the day, but hopefully, if you're like myself, you, you may have parlayed those three legs otherwise, and still come out on top a little bit, so it was a good week in football, I was shocked by just how fun some of these games were a game like the Falcons and the Panthers that uh, looks like shit on paper PJ Walker versus Marcus Mariota yuck and you know what it ended up being one of the funner games of the entire day that's just the kind of NFL Sunday we had this week it was fun exciting action all around nice Sunday night football game with some big franchises the Bills and the Packers the Packers offense isn't exactly fun to watch but Josh Allen was doing Josh Allen things which is always exciting Speaking of that Panthers game, that P.J. Walker, Hail Mary touchdown, maybe the most exciting play of the NFL season to me. An all-time incredible throw by P.J. Walker. Then D.J. Moore ends up choking the game away by celebrating too early and too much on the field. Tragic loss for the Panthers, but an exciting play for us. Uh, Not so exciting for people like me, like you, who may have taken the Falcons minus six. P.J. Walker really stuck it to me this week. I'll, I'll talk about that a little bit later as we're previewing these games, but Overall, a fun Sunday and one that our picks here on this show won some money on. Let's jump into our preview now of the Week 9 NFL slate. Thursday night football. As anyone who listens to this show knows, I don't like to bet Thursday night football uh, because it's too fluky, too screwy when it comes to actually hitting the lines on these games. A lot of times you see a, a suspected rat line. Last week I was watching that line on the Bucks and Ravens game. Move, climb, dip all over. Minus one, minus two. Everyone was all over the Ravens fading the Bucks. And I thought the whole time that this is a rat line, a line that smells fishy, that makes no sense to me. If I did have a lean there, it was going to be the Bucks. I didn't bet the game because I know how these things go. Ultimately, it wasn't a rat line. The public just kicked the shit out of Vegas on that line somehow. The Ravens win that game. Uh, they, they cover the, the minus two or minus three. Tom Brady looks half dead. He, he announces his divorce like hours later. Bad week for the Bucks. Bad week for anyone who's betting on Tom Brady. Uh, this week, we have a little bit more fun, I guess. Uh, we get Jalen Hurts. That, that's exciting. Uh, we get Davis Mills. That's less exciting. But we do have Thursday night football, and I'm always grateful for that. Even if it is a 13 and a half point line in the Eagles favor, the Eagles are heading to Houston for this game over under set at 44. I think this is going to be an ugly game. Jalen Hurts and the Eagles offense looked incredible against a Steelers defense that is injured, inept, bad, just a, a bad, bad team over there in Pittsburgh. 
But A.J. Brown and Jalen Hurts, that connection looked incredible last week. Three touchdowns for A.J. Brown. Now they get on the road to face a Texans team that's been a bit all over the place. A Texans team that's coming off getting annihilated by Derrick Henry. Derrick Henry has a personal vendetta against the state of Texas, against Houston in particular. Uh, The man just crushes them going for 200 yards on multiple occasions now against this team. Uh, He does it again last week. The Texans defense before this had been relatively decent. They've been holding up okay against teams. Uh, They moved the ball really well on the ground with Damian Pierce. Uh, They struggled to really convert high leverage situations like third downs, third and longs uh, with Davis Mills there at quarterback. And especially with the unique situation they find themselves in at wide receiver. Nico Collins out this past week. Now Brandon Cooks maybe getting traded. Who knows how that all shakes out. But the Texans are kind of on the precipice of just leaning into that tank. And I wouldn't be surprised to see them roll over here. I don't like to bet, like I said, Thursday night football, but if I had a lean, it would be the Eagles minus 13 and a half. In terms of plays for Thursday night football that I do like, I love these anytime touchdown score bets. Shad White did not hit last week. He had a shot, though. He came a little close. This week, give me Kenneth Gainwell. Anytime touchdown scorer for the Eagles. You'll get some fun odds there. Uh, the Eagles spread the ball around, especially in the red zone. And I think they're going to have relative ease in terms of moving the ball around on the ground against this Texans team. So give me Kenneth Gainwell. Anytime touchdown scorer on Thursday night football. We move on to our Sunday slate. This Sunday slate looks bad. I'll be honest with you. It just does not look good. Uh, We've had some rough slates the last couple weeks just in terms of looking bad on paper. But then again, it's NFL football. You never know which games are going to end up being electric. I would never have pegged last week's Panthers versus Falcons game as a fun matchup. This week, we have the Browns, Cowboys, Broncos, Giants, Steelers, and 49ers all on by. Six teams on a by. But you're really feeling it in this late window. We start uh, with the one o'clock window, the Los Angeles Chargers at the Atlanta Falcons. Chargers are three point favorites on the road here. Falcons getting that three point home field advantage, I guess. I guess on a neutral site or maybe in Los Angeles, the Chargers are six point favorites, uh, but not here. They're on the road. Chargers coming off a bye. Falcons coming off a miraculous victory over the Panthers in that fun game I've been talking about a lot. Uh, the over under here is set at 49 and a half. In terms of how I'm projecting this game, I have to say this feels like an under to me for two reasons. Number one, the Falcons are a team that controls the ball really well on the ground. They've been down three scores and they're running the shit out of the ball. They throw the ball 13 times in a game, win, lose or draw. They're not throwing the ball and they want to control that clock. The Chargers, by contrast, throughout Brandon Staley's tenure as head coach, have struggled mightily to stop the run to get teams off the field, teams that are milking them in that run game. Feels like a bad matchup to me. Beyond the obvious schematic challenges of controlling this Falcons running offense, I don't trust Brandon Staley. I don't trust this Chargers team to cover in a big spot on the road here. The Falcons, by contrast, are a team that historically has been really good at covering games. They were 6-0 and against the spread. Their head coach has not covered a spread since I named him our coverage king of the week. I don't know what to make of that, but I think he gets back on his horse this week covering the three and a half point line. And more importantly, I'm going to put some money on the under here. I think the under is the smart play. I think the the Falcons keep the ball away from the Chargers, keep it on the ground. And this ends up being a bit of a dogfight between two friskier defenses. Before we get into our next matchup, let's briefly talk about our coverage king of the week. Hey, yo, lesson here, babe. You come at the king. You best not miss. 
our coverage king this week is Tua Tagovailoa. I have not said his full name on the show, but if I'm going to name him our coverage king, I got to say it. I got to just press on. It's a little bit tough to pronounce, but here we are. Tua was a man this weekend throwing for over 380 yards and three touchdowns. One thing that I've forgotten about just in terms of my years betting on football, college and the NFL, I forgot what a great coverage quarterback Tua Tagovailoa is. Since he was in college, since he came on at quarterback for Alabama, all the guy has done is cover spreads. And I don't give him enough credit for that. I don't think the media, the betting media at least, gives him enough credit for being good at covering the spread. As they say, good teams win, great teams cover. And Tua Tagovailoa, throughout his football career, has been a guy who just does that. He covers games. He doesn't maybe look pretty doing it. I think it's because he's a lefty and that just kind of looks weird to the human eye in terms of a lefty NFL quarterback. But at the end of the day, all you're asking for is for a guy who can get the job done, come back when the team is down. And right now, this Dolphins offense is getting the ball in their playmakers hands at the line of scrimmage in short yardage and letting them make plays. I attribute all of it to a combination of Tua and head coach Mike McDaniels are doing a phenomenal job down there. Now that Tua is recovering from that post-concussion nonsense, now we can finally get back to covering spreads, our coverage king of the week, Tua Tagovailoa. This brings us to our next matchup, the Miami Dolphins on the road at the Chicago Bears. It's hard for me to pick against our coverage king here. The over-under in this game is set at 45 and a half. The Dolphins are four and a half point favorites. On the road here in Chicago, Dolphins coming off a crazy win over a Detroit Lions team that just can't seem to get out of its own way. They cannot close out games, but the Dolphins offense looks incredible. Their receiving options are unparalleled right now. We're not seeing a better receiving tandem in the league than Jalen Waddle, than Tyree Kill. Tyree Kill is on pace to catch for over 2000 yards. Every week I look up, he has eight receptions for 180 yards. It feels like Jalen Waddle this week, two touchdowns. The guy is just phenomenal, two phenomenal fast playmakers who to attack of Iloa is really doing an incredible job of getting the ball to. Mike McDaniels is putting his guys in a position to succeed. The Chicago Bears, by contrast, just traded Roquan Smith as of the time of this recording that that trade to the Ravens just been finalized. And now they're indicating to their fans, to the media, that they may be transitioning to another tank situation. I don't know what to make of this Bears team. I think that they may have figured something out in terms of how to use Justin Fields. I'm higher on him as a prospect now based on what they've done with him over the last several weeks, mainly using him as the freakishly talented runner that he is. Over the last couple of weeks, we've seen that offense look way better than we thought it maybe had any business being. Uh, they've been running for over 200 yards on the ground of late. I wouldn't be surprised to see that continue here. I think that will end up being a relatively high scoring affair between two offenses that are doing an incredible job. The play I'm giving out on this game this week is over 45 and a half. Both offenses right now seem to really be clicking. The Bears are miraculously one of the funner rushing offenses in the NFL right now. They rely on Justin Fields' legs in a high leverage situations here. Continue moving the ball well. The Dolphins get the ball to Tyree Kill, Jalen Waddle. More points, more points. I'm going to stay away from the four and a half point line, giving the over here 45 and a half. Next up, Carolina Panthers at the Cincinnati Bengals. Panthers coming off one of the most heartbreaking NFL losses I can remember. P.J. Walker throws one of the best throws I've ever seen in all my years watching the NFL to win that game on a Hail Mary. D.J. Moore ultimately gets the penalty. The kick goes wide. They lose the game in overtime. Heartbreaking loss for the Panthers. They had a second shot to win that game in overtime. Lest we forget, they had two kicks to win this game. They missed them both. Ultimately, Panthers come away with the loss despite the miraculous play by P.J. Walker. They go on the road against a Bengals team that, as of this recording, the Bengals game versus the Browns has not been finished yet. But 
I'm anticipating a Bengals get right game here. The Bengals want to put a hurting on the Panthers at home. Uh, they're missing Jamar Chase. I know that, but they have enough skill players between Tyler Boyd, T Higgins and Joe Mixon to throttle a Panthers team that maybe looked a little bit better because they were playing in a divisional game where we're used to seeing a lot of weirdness in terms of teams in the NFC South, even when they're terrible, sticking with some competitive better teams in that division. I think the Falcons are a much better team than the Panthers, despite how close this past game was. So give me the Bengals here, minus eight and a half. That's the line here. The over under in this game set at 44. I don't really want to touch this. Even if it's an under here, I don't want to bet on it because PJ Walker could pull some nonsense here that that results in them going just over, just over the back door, uh, covering the eight and a half point line, covering the over. I'm likely going to stay away, but the play here, I think is Bengals minus eight and a half. Next up, another divisional matchup here. The Green Bay Packers at the Detroit Lions. The Lions are in peril. All they do is lose. They cannot get it done. They still managed to cover last week because that's just what they do. That's Lions football. That's Dan Campbell, Lions football, the original cover king, and deservedly so. The man just does not lose games. Uh, I mean, he, all he does is really lose games, but he doesn't not cover games this week. They are three and a half point underdogs at home against a Green Bay Packers team that's coming off an embarrassing loss to the Buffalo Bills in Buffalo, in which they didn't really compete over under in this game set at forty nine and a half. How can I bet against Dan Campbell, the original coverage king? All the guy does is cover. I know that the Packers historically have just kicked the shit out of the Lions at every opportunity. And I know that every week it feels like the Lions are choking the game away in one way or another. And they can do that here. But as long as they're getting three and a half points, I'm all over the Lions here. If that line drops a little bit closer to two and a half, three, I may start to fade the Lions or stay away at least. But for now, give me the Lions plus the points, three and a half. The coverage king continues to go about his business covering games and losing them closely. Go Dan Campbell. Next up, the Las Vegas Raiders at the Jacksonville Jaguars. This game looked a lot more fun two weeks ago because, man, Trevor Lawrence may just stink. Uh, the presumptive generational talent, the presumptive number one overall pick. Uh, this guy is just not who we thought he was, which is the most depressing part of this whole thing. It's not a lack of talent. It's a lack of decision making. His decision making is horrendous. He just does four to five terribly dumb things per game in a way that you don't want to see that from your second year NFL franchise quarterback. I've been watching a lot of Kenny Pickett the last couple of weeks. Everyone thank me for my service. And it's very similar what we're seeing between Pickett and Trevor Lawrence. The only difference being Kenny Pickett was not projected to be the player that Trevor Lawrence is. There was a tank for Trevor campaign. This guy's supposed to be a Peyton Manning level prospect, and he is still trying to put it together a year and a half into his career. Maybe he does it. Maybe he doesn't. But the Raiders themselves are coming off a terrible, terrible loss. Devontae Adams gets essentially shut out. No receptions or, or maybe one reception this past week really struggles. Derek Carr could not get the ball moving against a Saints team that was sporting Andy Dalton, the quarterback. More than anything else, this Raiders defense is abysmal. The line here is one and a half points in the Raiders favor. The over under is 46 and a half. I don't want to bet on either of these teams. Given the opportunity, I would stay away at, at all costs. But the value to me, if you hear those numbers, as always, this feels like a teaser game, right? The over under 46 and a half, one and a half point line. If it climbs a little bit more, I could see it getting to two, two and a half. Then you tease the Jaguars, prime teaser candidate, something we're going to pocket for now. The lean on the straight up play here is the Raiders minus the point and a half. I think they're better than this Jaguars team, despite 
everything that they've shown us over the past week, man, that, that offense looked tough. And maybe Josh McDaniels just isn't that good at being a head coach. Seems like it. This brings us to our sicko game of the week. It's not a dress, it's a kilt. Sicko. This week's sicko game of the week is the Indianapolis Colts at the New England Patriots. Oh, this line, man, this line, the, the Colts, Sam Ellinger, quarterback, no more Matt Ryan, Mac Jones playing like a bum over the last several weeks, getting benched for Bailey Zappi. And, and now last week throwing a backbreaking, possibly game losing interception to the Jets, only to have that play called back at the last second, saving the Patriots from maybe going down three scores. Ultimately, the Patriots take that game away because mainly Zach Wilson is one of the only players in the league right now playing worse than Mac Jones. Uh, The guy could not complete a pass, could not get the ball downfield, could not help himself but to throw the ball into the chests of any defensive back he saw in his line of vision last week. The line in this game set at minus six and a half in favor of the Patriots over under thirty nine and a half. You need to be a sick maniac. To, to bet on this game. You need to be a sick maniac to watch this game. Sam Ellinger is not good. Jonathan Taylor, the best thing going on the Colts offense, may not play in this game. And by God, what do the Patriots have going on offense? This Matt Patricia-led offense is an abomination. Maybe we tricked ourselves into thinking that this offense wasn't as bad as we thought it was going to be during that little stretch where Bailey Zappi was lighting up some of the worst defenses in the NFL. But This team's come back to earth. This offense is exactly what we thought it was. This Matt Patricia, one of the most incompetent NFL head coaches of the last 20 years, led offense is exactly what we thought it was. It's turning into a pumpkin before our eyes. I do not want to bet on this game. I do not want to look at the Patriots on my television. I certainly don't want to watch this Colts team. Frank Reich, get out of town. Your offenses are terrible and tired. I want nothing to do with this game. And if you're a maniac like me, you'll still probably find yourself watching it. So our sickle game of the week is the Indianapolis Colts at the New England Patriots. Next up, Buffalo Bills at the New York Jets. Bills coming off a drubbing of the Green Bay Packers. They basically kept the Packers out of contention in that game from the first jump. Josh Allen is just doing whatever he wants right now. He is such a force offensively running downhill, throwing the ball 60 yards in the air. He feels unstoppable. We'll see if this Jets defense that's been playing really, really well of late can stop him. Line in this game is set at 12 and a half. Over under in this game is set at 47 and a half. They are setting these Bills lines so high. It feels almost criminal to take such like a high line, a favorite with such a high line. I know I hate doing it, but in watching Zach Wilson play over the last three weeks, I do not know how you could in good conscience bet on this Jets team. You need to be deranged. You need to be a a WFAN caller to, to bet on this Jets team. You need to be out of your mind and I will not be doing it. I will not be watching much of this game because to me, there's no doubt that the Bills are going to put a shellacking on the Jets this week. They're going to send a message. They're going to win this game by 20 plus points in my mind. Maybe play the alternate line, get a little bit more money for your juice there. Uh, But give me the Bills minus 12 and a half. Give me the Bills minus 20 and a half. They are going to kick the shit out of the Jets this week. Next up, the Minnesota Vikings at the Washington Commanders. This is the last of our one o'clock slate. Weird. With so many teams on by, it's just slow going. Vikings are three point favorites. Over-under in this game set at 44 and a half. Uh, The money line, Vikings favor, minus 165. Commanders plus 140. 
please don't make me watch Taylor Heineke play football anymore. I know he's coming off a crazy comfort behind victory against a Colts team that just wants to lose so badly every week. It's like impressive almost. And now he hosts a Vikings team that is essentially in the driver's seat of the NFC North. They're going to really have to screw up the season to avoid winning that division at this point because the Packers just cannot put anything together on offense. So now we have a divisional favorite going on the road against a commander's team that's scratching and clawing very Ron Rivera team, kind of this team that you would write off on paper. You look at their quarterback situation, you say they're done. But once again, the season is halfway done and the commanders are still somehow hanging around. The Vikings are the play here, minus three. This offense seems to be starting to put things together a little bit. They did a much better job this past week of getting Justin Jefferson the ball in space, of relying on Dalvin Cook. Dalvin Cook has been a steady rusher this year. Uh, He's lost something in terms of his receiving game, but he's been incredibly impressive on the ground. Over 100 yards rushing this past week. The first time this Cardinals team has allowed 100 yards rushing on the ground this season. So the Vikings are finding something. Give me the Vikings minus three here. I cannot in good conscience bet on Taylor Heineke at this point. Now, our late games, we only get two of them this week. Weird. Hate it. Hate it. Hate it. Hate it. Give me more football. Figure it out, schedule makers. This is this is not a not a great slate. Two late games. Come on. Seattle Seahawks at the Arizona Cardinals. Cardinals are two and a half point favorites. Overrunner in this game is set at 49 and a half. Say it with me, guys. Bet on the Seahawks until the cows come home. I don't understand why. Why are they underdogs? I get it. I get it. They're they're on the road. Makes sense. But Pete Carroll is a far better coach than Cliff Kingsbury. And at this point, how much better is Kyler Murray than Geno Smith? I think the answer is not very much. I think that Geno Smith is playing better than Kyler Murray this season. If you have the better quarterback, the better head coach, it's a divisional game in which we see a lot of underdogs win outright. I don't know. The the line seems fair, right? Cardinals team at home, minus two and a half. This is such a smash play to me. I want to bet on the Seahawks at every opportunity until they burn me. Give me the money line Seahawks plus 120. I want the better quarterback. I want the better head coach. I want the Seahawks, Geno Smith, Pete Carroll. They go on the road into Arizona. They win this game and send Cliff Kingsbury maybe to the hot seat. Maybe he's stressing a little bit. I know he's on an extension, but it could get ugly there in Arizona pretty quickly. Next up, the Los Angeles Rams on the road against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. The Rams offense has just been horrific. They cannot put anything together. That offensive line is put together with paper mache and glue. It's embarrassing. The Bucs, by contrast, they feel like they're all feeling the negative downturns of this Brady divorce. It feels like it's hanging over the team. Tom Brady looks incredibly thin. I've said it every week this year. The guy, the whole team have bad vibes, bad juju for this Bucs team. The Rams need this game to keep in divisional contention. They need this more than the Bucs. The Bucs division, the NFC South is a bit of a dumpster fire right now. The line in this game is Bucs minus two and a half over under set at 42 and a half. The play here screams to me, the Rams, the game is just so much more important to them than it is to the Bucs. I know that Brady wants to get right. I know that this offense has a lot of room for improvement. Their defense has been really keeping them in games, but The Rams need it, and in a game that Sean McVay needs, I want to bet on him. I want to bet on him in this spot. Uh, Moneyline, Rams, plus 115, uh, or plus 2.5 on on the spread. Do it. You won't regret it. Let's go Rams this week. Sunday night football. Here we are. The Chiefs come back from a bye. Uh, The total in this game set at 47. The line I'm seeing here is minus 12, minus 12.5, and climbing? 
We don't know who's going to be playing quarterback for the Titans. If it's Malik Willis again, you should mortgage your house. You should sell your kidney. You should bet it all on the Chiefs because Malik Willis is the worst starting quarterback in the NFL by a wide margin right now. I'm a guy who is big on him as a college prospect, having watched him now through the preseason, through the limited action he's seen thus far this year. The guy cannot complete a pass. And tell me how this Titans offense is going to remain in a game with the Chiefs with Malik Willis, a quarterback. Derrick Henry maybe can run for 200 yards again. He's not going to do that every game. And at a certain point, you're bringing a wet noodle to to a gunfight. And that's what this Chiefs offense is when comparing it to Malik Willis and, and this Titans offense. Give me the Chiefs here at minus 12 and a half. I don't even like to play these big lines, but they're so tempting with some of these numbers. The, the Eagles, the Chiefs, and the Bills just feel so much better than so many of these teams, especially teams like the Titans who have literally just a guy at quarterback, just, just some guy who's, who's off the street at this point. I get it. He had some, some draft capital, but Malik Willis cannot complete a pass. I don't see how he's competing with Patrick Mahomes over the course of 48 minutes. Finally, the New Orleans Saints host the Baltimore Ravens. Spreading this game set at three. The Ravens are favored here. Over under is 48. The Saints have looked low key like one of the more complete teams over the last three or four weeks. Andy Dalton is playing quarterback for the Saints. That much I understand, right? Nobody wants to bet on Andy Dalton. Nobody feels good betting on an Andy Dalton-led offense, unless it was maybe 2017. We're well past this guy's prime. But if you watch this guy play the last couple weeks, He is slinging the ball. He's doing exactly what the Saints need. I was high on the Saints team before the season. I thought that they would win this division, the NFC South, because they have theoretically one of the best defenses in the NFL, and they have a lot of pieces on offense. Now they've dealt with so many injuries to their offense. They haven't had Michael Thomas for most of this year. He's probably not going to be back here. Jameis Winston was out for for several weeks, but he lost his job to Dalton just because Dalton is doing things right. He's better than Winston at this point in his career. Winston was struggling after that ACL tear this year. We've sort of seen what James Winston is, best case scenario, and he may just be too turnover prone for a team that really wants to compete for a Super Bowl, to compete at that level. So Andy Dalton at this time is the perfect game manager for a New Orleans Saints team that just needs to stay in games on offense to get the ball to their playmakers, to get the ball in space. That's all they need. So Andy Dalton's a perfect quarterback for the Saints offense right now. The Ravens have been having so much trouble closing games in prime time. Again, they've had their struggles. They probably won't have Mark Andrews here. They probably won't have Rashad Bateman. It doesn't make sense to me why the Ravens are favored on the road in the Superdome. Give me the Saints here, Moneyline. Give me the Saints here, plus three. Feels like an underdog week. And... We'll talk a little bit more about this in, in the next segment, but I love the Saints to win the NFC South. It makes too much sense. That division is in shambles. The Falcons are the first place team through the first half of the year. And to my mind, there's no way that the Falcons finish the NFL season as the NFC South winners. The Bucks have all this bad vibes going around the team. And to me, how can you bet against a Saints team that is so complete on defense and even with a backup level quarterback. They are just grinding out games with that run game, with getting the ball to their best skill position players, to guys who are electric in space like Kamara, like Chris Olave. The Saints are doing everything right. Give me them to win this game against Baltimore and give me them to win the NFC South at plus 550. Now let's just briefly go through some of our bigger picks this week. First off, the Saints to win the NFC South. I just talked about it. You can get that at plus 550 here. They're the third favorite, I guess, behind both the Bucks and the Falcons. Makes no sense. It's been a shoddy division. It's been a weird year with bad teams sort of jumping out ahead of a lot of better rosters, I think. Think the Seahawks and the NFC West. 
I think there's some value to be had here with the Saints. They have an okay schedule going forward. And while it may be tough for them to jump the Bucs, I believe in Andy Dalton and I believe in the Saints, which is an incredibly weird sentence to say in 2022, but I'm rolling with it. Next up, the over in Bears Dolphins, probably my favorite play this week. I think Justin Fields and Tua end up in a shootout, throwing the ball all over the field, getting the ball to skill makers or... I keep calling these guys skill makers on the Dolphins. And what I mean is skill position players who are playmakers. I like the idea of skill makers. So get the ball to your skill makers, Dolphins. Uh, And for the Bears, you don't really have any skill makers. Darnell Mooney isn't really cutting it. But your skill makers are your quarterback and your running backs with Herbert and Montgomery. So get the ball to them. Feels like it came with a lot of points between two offenses that we thought maybe stunk a few weeks ago. But give me the over 45 in Bears Dolphins. Finally, my last big play of this week is the Falcons plus three. I mentioned before, I just want to fade Brandon Staley at every opportunity until he loses his job. This is a guy who, to me, it's a mismatch in coaching acumen between him and Arthur Smith, because Arthur Smith, for all his challenges as a head coach in terms of personnel, the guy just wins games, even when he's not supposed to. Last year, they were the worst seven win team of all time. He covers the spread. He wins games. This is a perfect opportunity for the Falcons to maybe get a big time upset at home against a Chargers team that at this point is incredibly injured, is incredibly overhyped and is struggling to do anything offensively with one of the most purely talented quarterbacks in the entire NFL. Give me the Falcons here. That does it for us. Thanks as always for listening. I will be back next week with another episode, more picks for week 10. Until then, I will talk to you guys soon.